the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, and welcome to In the Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel of Orlando. We hope that God speaks to you today as we continue our study, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, with Senior Pastor Will Ramirez in the book of Joshua. God had given the Israelites many victories as they went about conquering the land of Canaan, the land of promise. They defeated the walled cities of Jericho and Ai, saw the sun stand still and flaming hail fall from the sky as they defeated five of the Amorite kings with their armies. Israel also saw victory over the remaining northern Canaanites with their chariots that had banded together against the Israelites. There was also victory over the giants in the land. Now they have been distributing the land to the tribes for the people to lay hold of the rest of God's promises. Judah, Manasseh, and Ephraim all received their land. In chapter 18, we began to see the remaining seven tribes of Israel receive their land. We join Pastor Will as we continue to look at the lot given to the tribe of Benjamin in Joshua chapter 18, verse 15. Verse 15, we begin now to the southern border that lines with Judah there. And the south quarter, border, edge, corner, was from the end of Kirjath-Jerim, It says, from the end of Kirjathrim, the border went out on the west, and it went out to the well of waters of Nephtoah. It extended to, if you you keep, like you went to Kirjathrim, you'd have to go a little bit further west to get to their border. And their border was this spring, this well, it says in King James, but the spring of waters at Nephtoah. Apparently, Judah got the city of Kirjathrim, but the Benjamites, they got this important water source. So everybody was happy. And it says, That, verse 16, the border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom. So now we're getting close to Jerusalem. That valley of the son of Hinnom is is just on the western side of Jerusalem. If you go to Israel, you'll see the three valleys uh, with us when we go. You'll see the three valleys that are there in around Jerusalem. And we'll point out this valley of the son of Hinnom, which is in the valley of the giants in the north. And it descends to the valley of Hinnom to the side of Jebusi on the south. And it descended to Enrogel. Now, Jebusi is Jerusalem's ancient name, either Jebus or Jebusi. And again, one of the coolest parts of going to Israel is they will take you, they've done excavations and they've discovered the ancient city of Jebus before David conquered it. And so you go in there and I mean, you're way below, you're down there and they have to light it up with all these blue lights and everything. And you're seeing the blocks of, of the city that form that ancient city of Jebus that's referred to right here. It's really cool. Verse 17, and then it was drawn from the north. So now we're going to change direction. So it turns up from the north and it went from En Shemesh and it went forth toward Geliloth, which is over against the going up. It means it's right next to the shoulder of the Judean hillside there. So as you move further down into this area of Adunim, you enter into that Judean wilderness, the desert. It's just all these rolling hills. And so their border is right up against, there's a 
like a road that goes right down through there. there. Basically, the road was the border. South of that was Judah. North of it was Benjamin. Descended up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. We don't know what that is, but apparently they did. Verse 18. And it passed along toward the side over against Arabah northward, and it went down unto Arabah. So Arabah is just a word for desert. And when you get down here, it's all arid. When you get down into the Jordan Valley at that point by the Dead Sea, I mean, it's all brown. It's very deserty. You won't see hardly any green down there at all. And so, verse 19, and the border passed along the side of Beth Hogla northward. So, you know, we're going right underneath Beth Hogla for their southern border. The outgoings or the edge of the border was on the north bay of, of the Salt Sea, the Dead Sea, at the south end of Jordan. This was the south coast. And Jordan, you know, the east side doesn't need to give many details because it's just the Jordan River right here. So the Jordan River is their border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin by the coast thereof, roundabout, according to their families. Now in verses 21 through 28, we see all the cities that were included in this region and it just lists them. It says, and now the cities of the tribes of the children of Benjamin, verse 21, according to their families were Jericho and Beth Hogla and the valley of Kaziz and Beth Arabah and Zem Arim and Bethel and Avim and Parah and Ophrah and Chephar Haim Momai, that's a long city name. Where are you from? I'd say I was just from Che. And Ophni and Gaba, 12 cities with their villages. Gibeon and Ramah and Beer Eroth and Mizpah and Chephirah and Moza and Rechem and Urpael and Tar Allah and Zela Elef and Jebusi, which is Jerusalem. Gibeah and Kirjath, 14 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to their families. Now it's interesting here because Joshua 15:63, when Judah's getting their land, it lists the Jebusites in Jerusalem that the fact they weren't driven out as Judah's failure. But Judges chapter 1 verse 21, since Jerusalem's in Benjamin, calls it Benjamin's failure. So is the Bible contradicting itself? Whose fault is it? It's Benjamin's land, so it's their fault, right? Why is Judah getting blamed for this? Well, if you read Judges chapter 1, Judges chapter 1 makes it very clear that when these remaining pockets of resistance were there, including the Jebusites in Jerusalem, that God chose Judah to lead the way in driving out these Canaanites because they were one of the biggest tribes. God chose them to lead the fight. And so what Judah would do is they would partner with the tribes that they were helping out. So like when they were trying to take Jerusalem, they partnered with Benjamin. When they were trying to take, you'll see it when we get to Simeon, that area where Simeon's enemies were, they partnered with Simeon. What's interesting is that God called them to partner with these other groups. So technically, both are true. There's no contradiction. Judah failed to finish the job, but Benjamin bears the blame since it's their land. And I bring this up because most Bible contradictions are easily answered with minimal research. Don't ever let someone tell you that the Bible's full of contradictions. You know how I answer that statement? Every time I answer it the same way. The Bible's full of contradictions. I said, can you please tell me one? Do you know I get the same answer every single time? Every single time. I've never had anyone give me one. I've had people kind of hem and haw and go, yeah, but no, but like, you know, the Bible says, you know, God is one, but you believe in a Trinity. And I'm like, okay, that's not a biblical contradiction. We can talk about the Trinity another time, but you said the Bible's full of contradictions. Can you give me one chapter and verse anywhere? Never had anybody answer me doing this for a long time. So don't let anyone ever tell you that. That's a statement that's easily made and almost never backed up. Don't let them say that. Just say, hey, could you give me some evidence to back it up so we can have a dialogue here about this? I'll be happy to try to do some research and give you the best answer I can. Most of the time, people will kind of take a step back and go, well, you know, someone told me that or I heard that somewhere in a lecture or whatever. And I say, that's when I have the opportunity to say, don't believe everything you hear. Do you have a Bible at home? I'm encourage you to start reading it and see if you can find any contradictions. I'd be happy to help you with them. <laughs> 
Well, chapter 19, we're going to get to the second lot, went to Simeon. And the second lot, verse 1, came forth to Simeon, even for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families. And their inheritance was within or in the middle of the inheritance of the children of Judah. So they get their land inland that was already assigned to Judah. Now, we're going to understand why this is so at the end of Joshua's description of their land here. But because it's inside Judah's territory and he's already described these borders, Joshua doesn't actually describe their borders. He just lists the cities that were in their inheritance. And so verse two, it says, and they had in their inheritance Beersheba or Sheba, which is one of the most Southern cities in the nation of Israel and Moladah and Hazar Shual, and Bela, and Azem, and El Tolad, and Bethul, and Horma, and Ziglag. Ziglag later would be taken by the Philistines, and then it would become the place where David and his men camped, where they worked with the Philistines. And it shows how far down the Philistines actually troubled Israel before David became king. And Beth Markaboth, and Hazar Susa, and Beth Lebeoth, and Shabruhan, 13 cities in their villages. Ain, Remen, and Ether, and Ashan, four cities in their villages. Most commentators believe they divided it up because some of them were in the hills and some of them were in the valleys, and that's why they're separated like that. Verse 8, so all the villages that were round about these cities to Baal, Ath, Be'er, Ramoth of the south, this is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and here's the answer why. Out of the portion of the children of Judah was the inheritance of the children of Simeon. Why? Because the portion that was given to the children of Judah was too much for them. It was too big. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of them, of Judah. While the scouts from the seven tribes were out marking out the land, they noticed that the territory given to Judah wasn't proportionate to their population. So they all agreed that this section should go to another tribe. And so because of this, and because of Simeon's small size, they were probably the smallest tribe at this time, Simeon was given this land. What's sad is later on, you don't even hear anything about the tribe of Simeon. They just get assimilated into the tribe of Judah. And thus it fulfills the prophecy of Genesis 49 verse 7, where Jacob prophesied about his son Simeon that his descendants would be scattered throughout Israel, him and the Levites. And that's fulfilled here. So again, no contradictions in the Bible, but there's lots of fulfilled prophecy. Verse 10, the third portion, the third lot came up for the children of Zebulun. Third lot came up for the children of Zebulun, according to their families, and the border of their inheritance was unto Sarid, or literally it means the, their border started with this area of Sarid. Sarid, and it's about six miles northeast of Megiddo on the other side of the Jezreel Valley. You have Megiddo down here, and between there, you've got the entire Jezreel Valley that runs throughout here and the Valley of Armageddon as we know it today. This was the center point of Zebulun's southern border. So from here, we're going to start. We're going to move west, and then we're going to go east. So it's a weird description. It can be confusing when you read it. We go on, verse 11. Their border went up toward the sea. So we're going to go from Sarid here to the west, to the sea. Technically, it's their southern border. So we're going to go west from there. And it mentions their border went up. Now, again, remember, going up is not up north, like we say, I'm going up to Georgia, but always when you see in the Bible going down or going up refers to elevation. So Sarid is right there on the lower part of these hills. And so as you begin to ascend up here, you leave the Valley of Jezreel and you start to go into these hills up here. So it says it ascends up toward the sea and their border went up toward the sea and Merilah and it reached to Daba Sheth and reached to the river that is before Jokneam. And from there we see in verse 12, it turned from Sarid eastward. So now we're going to change direction. And it turned from Sarid eastward toward the sun rising unto the border of Chisloth Tabor. And then it goes out to Dabareth up to Japhia. So 
Verse 13, and from thence it passed along on the east. So now we're going to start ascending up this way. It passed along on the east to Gitath Hefer, to Itah Kazin, and it goes out to Remon Meth Oar, to Nea. I'd rather live in Nea than the other one because it's shorter. Most of these locations are unknown, which is why you won't see them on the map. But then we get to verse 14, and the border, the boundary compass, it turns now. So now we're going to turn this way to the northern border. It turns on the north side to Hanathon, and the outgoings, or the edge thereof, are at the valley of Jephthahael. The reason that we don't have multiple locations to define that border there is because that valley is just, it runs the entire length of it. That's why that is the border there. It doesn't need to give cities or locations to tell us what the border is. Now, verse 15 lists the cities that were in Zebulun and Katah and Nahalal and Shimron and Idalah and Bethlehem, 12 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the children of Zebulun according to their families, these cities with their villages. When I say Bethlehem here, this is not the famous Bethlehem that Jesus was born in, that David lived in. This is another city by that name that's about seven miles northwest of Nazareth. That's why Jesus' birthplace and David's hometown is called Bethlehem of Judea, because it's down here. Bethlehem of Judea instead of Bethlehem of Zebulun. That doesn't make this Bethlehem or any other city that I've mispronounced today unimportant. We may not know all the things that happened in these cities, but it was someone's inheritance, right? And and it meant something to them. And God's blessing was upon both those unknown cities and every one of their unmentioned inhabitants here. And what's cool about that is that means that God knows who you are. He knows who you are. And he knows what city you live in, even if nobody else does. Even if nobody else does. He's working in your life just as he did in Bethlehem or Nazareth or Hebron or in one of these places I can't pronounce. These weren't just names of places to God. And they're included in Scripture so that we can understand His faithfulness to every single one of these people who trusted Him so that we'll know He'll be faithful to us too. Amen? Well, verse 17, we get now to the fourth lot, went to the children of Issachar, this little red spot here. And it says, The fourth lot came out to Issachar for the children of Issachar according to their families. Issachar's borders, as you can see, he's kind of a weird shape. There's not really a defined east-west. It's just very, it's always moving in different places. So Joshua doesn't define its borders. He summarizes its property or its territory by the towns inside those borders instead of tracing its edges. And so he says their border was toward Jezreel and Chuzaloth and Shunem and Hapharim and Hapraim and Shihon and Anaharath and Rabith and Kishion and Abez and Remeth and Enganim and Enhadah and Beth Fazzez. And their coast reached to even Tabor. Tabor is up here. A few places might be recognizable. Most of these places are not to us. The coast reached to Tabor and Shahaz Imah and Beth Shemesh. And the outgoings or the edges thereof were at Jordan. The Jordan River right here is the only clear defined border. 16 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar according to their families, the cities and their villages. Verse 24, now we get to the tribe of Asher. It says in verse 24, And the fifth lot came out for the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families. And their border was Helkath. Now, Helkath is this little southern point right here, even though it's not mentioned, next to Jokneam and near Sarid. It's not mentioned here by name on this map, but that is there. Mount Tabor is pretty big where the range is. It runs this way, and it's right at the base of the end of Mount Tabor's kind of hillside. 
Verse 25, their border was Helkath and Hali, Betan and Aksaf, and Alam, Melech, and Ahmad and Mishael, and it reaches to Carmel westward. Mount Carmel is right over here. So that he's just basically taking us, even though we don't know where these places are, up this borderline here and to Shibhor Libnath. That's a city that was just on the inside of their border. And then it turned toward the sun rising to Beth Dagon. Sun rising is in the east. And he says, it turns toward the sun rising to Beth Dagon and reaches to Zebulun. And then it says, under the valley of Jiftael, toward the north side. So now we're going to go past this valley and we're going to start moving all the way up here. Toward the north side of Beth Emek and Neiel, and it goes out to Kabul on the left hand. Kabul is way up here, even though it's not mentioned. And Hebron and Rehob and Haman and Cana, even unto great Zidon. Uh, Zidon is, is up here, the, the ancient city of, uh, cities of Tyre and Sidon uh, were part of Asher's inheritance. It's not shown here, even though Zidon is up there, because Asher never conquered Sidon, sadly. In fact, Israel never controlled Sidon. They made an alliance with Sidon, which was against what God told them to do. We go to verse 29, and then the coast turns to Ramah and to the strong city of Tyre. So now we're moving up, going west this way. To Ramah and the strong city of Tyre, and the coast turns to Hosah, and the outgoings of are there at the Mediterranean Sea from the coast to Azib, Azib. Uh, Uma also in Aphek and Rahab, 22 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of Asher, according to their families, these cities and their villages. So now we come to verse 32. The sixth lot comes out to the children of Naphtali, which is this kind of funky shape there that belongs to them. And it says, the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali, verse 32, even for all the children of Naphtali, according to their families. And their coast or their border was from Helef, and Helef is at the northern foot of Mount Tabor. We're going to start here, and we're going to begin to go around. And so it says it was from Helef, from Elon and Zaananim, and Adami, and Nekeb, and Jabniel, and Lukim, Lakum, and the outgoings thereof were at Jordan. So all those places are from here to here in that little southern strip. And then the Jordan River, of course, marks Naphtali's eastern border all the way up it, okay? Verse 34, then the coast turns westward, turns westward to Asnoth Tabor and goes out. Uh, it's no association with Mount Tabor there. It goes out from there to Hukok and it reaches to Zebulun, reaches to Zebulun. So it goes all around the border of Zebulun on the south side and it reaches to Asher on the west side. Since Joshua already described all those boundaries, he doesn't do it again. He just tells it it's up against. So the word reaches to it means it's up against the boundaries that he's already described on the west side. And to Judah on Jordan toward the sun rising. I don't know why the phrase to Judah upon Jordan is there because that's not in the original text. Uh, I don't know why they have that there. Their cities, verse 35, the fenced cities are Zadim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Chinnereth. Chinnereth is this region. It's actually where Capernaum is now, where the Sea of Galilee is there, the area where Jesus did most of his ministry. And Adama and Ramah and Hazor. Hazor is a very famous city up here, one of the biggest excavation ruins in Israel that you can see today. And Kadesh and Edrie and Enhazor and Eron and Migdalel, Horem and Bethanath and Beth Shemesh, 19 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali according to their families and cities and their villages. The last one, verse 40. And the seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan 
according to their families. And the coast of their inheritance was, again, he doesn't tell us this because it's a kind of an interesting shape and it's the only lot left. So it's the only land left. So all he does is tell us the cities that were located inside of it. He said, And the coast of their inheritance was Zorah and Eshtaol and Urshemesh and Sha'al, Abim and Aijalon and Jethla and Elon and Thimnatha. And then here's an important one, Ekron. Ekron was one of the royal cities of the Philistines, hadn't been conquered yet. And Eltaka and Gibbethon and Baalath and Jehud and Beneberak and Gathrimon. Gathrimon is in somewhere right around here as well, and it's another one of the Philistine royal cities that had not been conquered. And Majarkon and Rakon, Rakon with the border before Japhon. The last lot was given, and this was the lot that every tribe was hoping they didn't get. Why? Because it was right next to Philistine territory, all right here. The strongest enemy that still existed in the land. Again, Joshua lists cities here instead of boundaries because all these boundaries have already been described. It's the only land left. This area was one of the toughest areas you could get. I bring this up because Dan does something very interesting in verses 47 and 48. And if you just give me a few minutes, I think this is important. Dan gets this hard land, but has anyone stood up to the Lord successfully up to this point. No. God has already given Israel victory after victory over their enemies. So what would one more victory be? Apparently too much for the tribe of Dan. Look at verse 47. And the coast of the children of Dan went out. King James says too little, but it's in italics, which means it's not in the original text. It does not belong there. Their land was not too little for them. They believed it was too hard for them. So because of that, the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem, Do you know where Leshem is? It's that little dot that says Dan up there. Is that anywhere near their territory? You know what they said? They did a Jonah on us. We don't want to fight the Philistines. Where can we go as far away from where God wants us to be? And they went all the way up to the city of Laish. Leshem is another name for Laish. One of the oldest cities in history. Judges 18 tells this whole ugly story. It is filled with theft, murder, idolatry. It is a horrible, sad story that shows the poor condition spiritually of the tribe of Dan at this point. Judges 18 tells us that the people of Laish lived in peace and quiet, completely minding their own business. An easy people for Dan to defeat. And thus they take that city and most of them dwell up there. And thus Dan becomes the northernmost city in the nation of Israel. And so you hear the borders of Israel described as from Dan to Beersheba, somewhere way down there. That's the north and south, the southernmost and northernmost cities in the nation of Israel. But the city of Dan also became one of the centers of idolatry in Israel. Idolatry flourished in the city of Dan. If you go with us to Israel, one of the places we go is to the ruins of Laish, and you'll see a gate that's probably as old as Abraham, but you'll also see altars to idols everywhere. Dan was a city filled with, with idolatry. And when the kingdom split, the nation of Israel split into north and south, King Jeroboam put one of those two golden calves for Israel that he wanted them to worship instead of coming to the temple. Guess where one of them found a welcome home? Up in the city of Dan. Dan became a leader of the nation in idolatry. And I tell you what, that decision is the very definition of leaning on your own understanding, isn't it? It didn't work out. Even though everything seemed fine at first, hey, we've got a peaceful land, we can be sipping iced tea, chilling up here in the north, right by Mount Hermon, got the nice, you know, got nice rains and everything up here. But it didn't work. Because meanwhile, the Philistines became one of the greatest thorns in Israel's side for many generations. 
Something I tell my kids, I say, don't choose easy. Don't choose easy. Choose what God tells you to do. Amen? Well, verses 49 through 51, you can read it on your own time, but that's Joshua's inheritance. And the only thing I'll bring up is the land that Joshua gets, God keeps his promise to him. Remember Caleb mentioned the promise? He said, God promised me a land. Well, God promised Joshua a specific land too, and he picked it right in the middle of a beautiful forest here in Ephraim. And he built the city, and he entered that inheritance. He claimed his inheritance. God keeps his promises, kept it to Joshua, kept it to Israel. But we need to enter into them by faith. Joshua did. Many other tribes did, but some didn't. So my question to you as you leave tonight is, what would these two chapters say if they were written about you? Would it say that you're claiming your inheritance? Or would it say you're dragging your feet because you can think you can come up with a a layish that's better than God's plan? Let's all stand. Lord, we learned this morning about the danger of leaning on our own understanding. And we, we don't want to do that with our blessings, Lord. You have promised us godliness and life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, that we can overcome, that we can have life on a different level, abundant life, Lord. Lord, we want that. We don't want to limp toward it. We, and we certainly don't want to run from it like Dan did and go find a laish for ourselves. So, Lord, we love you and we give our lives to you. And we ask you to fill us with your spirit so we can live that trust and obedience out, that We say we trust you, Lord, with with all our hearts. So, Lord, fill us with your spirit so we can live that trust out. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The tribes were all receiving their inheritances, the land that God promised them for years. The only thing that would hinder them from claiming all that God had offered was their own lack of faith or apathy. We can often miss out on all that God has because we begin to slow down drift off into spiritual apathy, or allow our feelings of fear and doubt dictate to us life circumstances. But God is always with us, and He gives us victory when we take His word mixed with faith and walk in obedience to do all that He has commanded. He loves us and longs to bless us. If you have any spiritual or physical needs, please contact us. We would love to pray for you and assist you in any way we can. You can reach us at Calvary Chapel Orlando at 407-523-0800 during our office hours Tuesday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. This has been In the Word with Pastor Will, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Orlando. You can listen to all of Pastor Will's sermons and find other valuable resources online at www.calvarychapelorlando.com or on the Calvary Chapel Orlando app available on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you next time as we continue to learn, walk, and live in the Word.